for contact tracing Verizon residents being able to share with us key information to connect so that we can identify their close contacts. And to date, as Supervisor Barger noted, our, our public health specialists, and that includes uh, many city workers as well, uh, have interviewed nearly 250,000 people who are positive and their close contacts. But we need additional capacity, and I'm so pleased that we'll be able to get some of this additional capacity through SafePath, which really uses digital technology to inform people when they've had a close contact. And this additional support will be powerful in all of our efforts to continue to slow the spread of COVID-19. Impressively, SafePath also allows us to improve our ability to communicate with residents. We're able to share clear information about how the virus is impacting all of our communities, as well as practical data on what are the strategies we can all take to slow the spread. And this has been really useful to date in making sure that we know what we can do to save lives. It's been amazing to see how this has worked just for today. Uh, and I too want to join with the mayor and with the supervisor, encouraging everyone to download the citizen app for SafePath. This is a way we get to take care of each other. It enhances our ability uh, to have the latest information on the pandemic. And it also will give you reminders about how important it is for each of us to do our part when we're trying to slow the spread. We often hear that knowledge is power. And in this case, knowledge has the power to save lives. So I want to thank citizens for their innovation and their commitment to making our communities safer and healthier. I think they've shown us what it means to be a shared partner and take responsibility for finding ways that we protect each other. And that we come to this work with a unique set of skills that we can share as we fight against the transmission of this deadly virus. And to close, I'm going to take the opportunity, as did uh, Barger and, and uh, Mayor Garcetti uh, to remind all of us that we need to keep using our face coverings every single time we're outside of our home. We need to keep our physical distance from others and wash our hands frequently. We should avoid crowds and confined spaces. And please stay home if you're feeling sick and away from others. If you're positive for COVID-19, uh, you need to isolate for at least 10 days and if you've been the close contact of someone who's tested positive, you'll need to quarantine for 14 days. Consider your risk of becoming infected or infecting others in every activity you do and plan for ways that you can reduce this risk. I want to thank everyone for doing their part. And in particular, it's now my great honor to introduce Mayor Robert Garcia who has shown tremendous leadership, not just in Long Beach, but really across this country, in bringing us together in a united effort uh, to defeat uh, this pandemic. Thank you, Mayor. We're going to listen to uh, Mayor Garcia of Long Beach in just a second, but on your screen now, we want to show you this uh, breaking news. This is the El Dorado fire that is burning in the Yucaipa area. Actually, what you're seeing here below all that smoke is Forest Falls. It is now a mandatory evacuation. People trying to get out of there. The only way out is to go up the mountain to Big Bear or back down the mountain. But it looks like right now fire officials are saying you've got to go up to get out of this. So we're going to keep an eye on this rapidly expanding 
11,000 acre fire in El Dorado, the El Dorado fire. This is in the Taipa area as we return now to the mayor's uh, press conference. And we have Mayor uh, Garcia of Long Beach is now talking. The largest county uh, in the country. Um, and the truth is, is that where we are today versus where we were uh, just a couple weeks ago, a few months ago, is a dramatically better place. Hospitalizations are down. The positivity rate at our testing centers is down. Uh, people are feeling more confident that we can actually take on this virus in a way that is safe. And as we know, the economy is also beginning to reopen slowly and responsibly. Uh, of course, that doesn't mean that we can let up, and it certainly doesn't mean that this crisis is over. We still know that people are losing their lives every day. Families like mine and so many others are being affected in very real and tragic ways. But it's important to also know that this county, under the, under the direction of our incredible team of supervisors and staff at all the health departments, has also been innovating. And I want to uh, also add something that Mayor Garcetti said as it relates to testing. Uh, we can all remember a couple months ago when we were feeling that real crunch around testing, that we needed to have more testing around the county. Uh, the county, the city of Los Angeles, Pasadena, Long Beach, um, all stepped in and really innovated the way testing happened across the county. And now we have, uh, I think, one of the most robust and successful testing programs anywhere in the United States. And so that was an innovative approach that the leadership took here. Uh, the same is happening today with this announcement. This new app is an incredible way for all of us to get engaged and to do something today to help fight COVID-19. Uh, I want to encourage every single person, not just in Long Beach, but across the county, especially young people uh, who, are in, who are out and who are working, um, uh, who are uh, interacting, um, hopefully safely, uh, to download that app um, today. Uh, it'll track uh, your contacts, it'll keep your data safe, most importantly, and it's also a great way of getting you um, really up-to-the-minute information about how to keep yourself safe, uh, your coworkers safe, uh, and your family safe uh, as well. Uh, we are living in, in an era where, uh, where our technology is changing our lives, uh, and this app is going to allow us, and most importantly, our health professionals at the county of, uh, of Los Angeles, at the health department in Pasadena, uh, and in Long Beach, uh, be able to do uh, our jobs and their jobs in a much better way. So please, this is a plea also to support your doctors, your nurses, your medical professionals, uh, download this app today and really help us ensure that people stay safe uh, across the county. I want to uh, introduce um, uh, another great partner who also uh, has its own health department in the city of Pasadena, and that's Mayor Tornick, and is also going to say a few words. And they, like Long Beach, uh, are joining this team to ensure that we get this app out to as many people as possible. Well, we've got to end. We'll hear from Mayor Tornick in just a moment. But again, we take a look at the El Dorado fire. It's quickly moving. Mandatory evacuations there in the Forest Falls area. And if you want to see more of the fire, you can go over to our website, NBCLA.com, where they have continuing coverage on the fire. We're going to go back to City Hall, and then we'll return to the fire in just a bit. Distancing, cloth face coverings, and good sanitation. Today, we're adding something else that we can do. Happily, many people in Pasadena and elsewhere are listening, and we've managed to slow the spread of the disease, so more businesses are able to open. Still, the changes that we have asked of all of you are no fun, and we know it. 
phone app that you're hearing about today is designed to make the process somewhat easier and certainly more effective. The challenge for all of us is not to repeat what happened in July when we relaxed and the disease took off again. We can't predict when we're going to see an end to all this, so please, let's keep doing what we're doing, wearing our face coverings, avoiding social gatherings, and now downloading the app. If we can, we'll be able to reopen even more businesses and, and perhaps most importantly get our kids back to school. Remember, we really are, all of us, and all of the cities represented and the counties and all the other cities that, that are not here today but are certainly playing their part, we're in this together. Thanks for listening and stay safe. It's now my pleasure to introduce Andrew Frame, Citizens CEO. And once again, here's a live shot of the fire right now. The flames are really hidden by the smoke down there, but you can bet it is growing and expanding. It's now at 11,000 acres. Back to City Hall. Hey, Pat. Um, there remains a burning need for continuous steps and actions to contain COVID-19. And this is the ultimate test that is required amalgamation between government the leading medical experts of the world, and leading technology platforms like Citizen. As Mayor Garcetti mentioned, we have around a million people within Los Angeles who use Citizen to stay safe. Five months ago when the virus was first making its way to the U.S. as a platform whose mission is safety, we had to ask ourselves, what can we do? And it turns out there's something very valuable that we can do, which is allow users the option of opting in to contact tracing, which is a digitized version of calling people who are positive to COVID-19. I'll give you a little example just to put it into context on how important this app is to the people of Los Angeles. Uh, during the data, 3.5% uh, of the residents of uh, Los Angeles opted in the contact tracing test. Within this, we were able to learn how this works. There was a young woman who attended a protest in downtown Los Angeles who had turned on contact tracing, the demo, without quite understanding what it was. Two days later, she received a notification that she might have been potentially exposed to COVID-19. Now, this came, first of all, as a surprise, but second of all, just in time, because she was about to see her, her immunocompromised parents and so she stopped, and she decided to get tested instead. Now, the app also told her where and when she was potentially exposed. This was a very surprising user experience to her because all she did was download an app and press a button. So the way contact tracing works, uh, we will never share data uh, with any authority without the user opting in. You will be presented a button. It's very helpful to provide this data to the health departments in the city of Los Angeles, but it isn't often you do have to tap the button. So beginning today, Safe Pass is available, and this is an incredible partnership, something that I think uh, will be leading the way for how COVID-19 is fought across the country. So we're very proud to be here. Thank you all for this. Um, and then we'll be happy to answer any questions from the media. 
We've been listening to Mayor Garcetti talk about Los Angeles and how we've been a model, really, for the rest of the country. Here are a couple of takeaways from the uh, briefing there today. The numbers are turning around, but six months into the crisis, COVID is still here. The mayor emphasized contact tracing and the partnership of the city and the county today. Uh, Supervisor Kathryn Barger was there. She announced a mobile app for contact tracing. It's called SafeCast, and she talked about how important that is keeping the numbers down. SafeCast, she pointed out, is voluntary, will protect privacy. It's a digital way to track the numbers. Mayor also announced that a mobile testing kiosk will be set up at Union Station. That's going to open tomorrow. It can test up to 500 people a day. It will be open 9 to 3, Wednesday through Sunday. Now, as the uh, news conference began to wrap up, the mayor also invited a number of speakers there today. Dr. Barbara Ferrer, we're also very familiar with her. She holds a briefing every day. County Health, Mayor Garcia from Long Beach, Mayor Turnick of Pasadena, and the reason both of those gentlemen were there, both of those cities have their own independent health departments. Also, we heard from Andrew Crane, the CEO of Citizen App. Uh, sort of a show of unity for this new app is called SafeCast. Again, it's for contact tracing, and Chuck said all of the speakers today really urged everyone to download that app, and that way they can keep track of the numbers in and around L.A. County. They were really pushing that app today. And we had a break-in several times, and we're going to go back to it right now. There's massive El Dorado fire, 11,400-plus acres. People living in Forest Falls, that's between Yucaipa and Big Bear, are being evacuated when the fire jumped Highway 38. Gil Lavis is providing these pictures to us from News Chopper 4 Bravo. Gil, what's the situation right now? Chuck and Colleen, the fire just is rapidly moving uphill. We're looking at the northern flank of the fire right now. A lot of active flame in very steep terrain, a lot of uh, unburned brush that hasn't burned in years. I'm going to come out to a wide shot and show you the smoke plume of this El Dorado fire, but also to give you a quick tour of all the fires that are burning. We, Because we're so high, we're at above uh, 12,000 feet right now. I'm even looking out towards San Diego, and that's the fire out in San Diego. I believe it's called the uh, Alpine Fire. That smoke there in the center of your screen, that's the Alpine Fire or the San Diego Fire that's burning right now. Of course, this is El Dorado Fire, and as I swing right out, looking out towards the ocean and towards the west, you're going to see in uh, just a minute here the uh, Bobcat Fire that's uh, right in the center of your screen now. So that's what's going on as far as the smoke in the area. The Santa Ana winds have cleared out the, the smoke here in San Bernardino a little bit, but here at the El Dorado Fire, it continues to burn out of control. In fact, there was a big flare-up near uh, Highway 38 and Mill Creek Road just a few minutes ago. We're going to make our way over in that direction right now, but you see the fire just burning unchecked out here, up here at the highest altitudes, just continuing to burn off to towards the north. That's the latest in News Chapel 4 Bravo. I'll send it back to you in the studio. No, you're talking about they're burning towards Big Bear right now. Is it possible to tell through all this smoke where they're making a stand? They are making a stand off of Highway 38 at the lower levels. Up here at the uh, higher altitudes, there, there's not much activity as far as fire, fighting the fire. It's just being allowed to burn out of control into the forest. Uh, I'll pan up here. That's Highway 38 through your screen, and there is Big Bear Lake. So, again, uh, here's a map so showing the area of uh, where the Highway 38 is and Big Bear Lake. And as I swing the camera back around, you see the fire burning down below us. Well, Gil, what about these evacuations? Where are people going that you've been able to tell? Well, we haven't seen much activity going north on Highway 38 as they uh, 
said around 3.30 that that was the way to uh, evacuate the Forest Falls area. They really couldn't move towards the uh, south because there's fire activity along Mill Creek Road. But right now, and just uh, actually just a few minutes ago, we were watching fire threatening the uh, Highway 38 north of Mill Creek Road. So it looks like at this point that's shut off as well. Have they closed Highway 38? You know, I, I, we haven't heard an official word of it right now, but here's Highway 38, uh, just where the fire is not burning to the north, and we did see some uh, fire retardant laying down in this area. I'm going to try to find that uh, through the smoke as we make our turn here. Uh, it's right in this area, and that's north uh, or uphill from Forest Falls. All right, of course, a big concern for just about everybody in Southern California, and it's a marvelous shot as we took a look at all those fires, that massive overview that Bill Lavis uh, gave us is the air quality. And for more on that, we go to meteorologist Anthony Honest. Anthony. And Chuck, the problem with the air quality for us in Southern California, it's not just these two fires. You can see from our first alert radar network sweeping the skies in Southern California, you can really make out two distinct smoke areas that are fairly small by looking at the radar, which means this is picking up the thickest smoke that we have. It's not only this, it's all the fires that are going on in Central and Northern California, because you can see uh, where we had the Bobcat fire for the last four hours. This smoke is just being funneled right over the San Gabriel Valley, specifically here's West Covina. You just haven't had any kind of break all day long. And then as you move to the El Dorado fire, what you've seen really just over the last three hours is a flare-up from this, and it's all because of the wind speeds and how they shifted. So again, here's looking at the burn scars in space. This is picking up the heat on the ground, and what you have is you have these winds coming in. This is good for Big Bear. You have these winds coming in from the southeast going to the northwest. They're not blowing toward Big Bear. Now, tomorrow, there'll be a light onshore wind, and that's when the winds will shift again and head in that direction. But what we've had all day long is a Santa Ana wind offshore like that, and that's what uh, one of the reasons we saw a little flare earlier today. And now that they shifted out of the southeast, it's burned into an area that had previously been dry, very dry, 12% humidity and unburned, and so that's why we saw the flare-up today. And then you look at the Bobcat fire, which has really grown as far as the burn scar goes. Uh, cold winds now, so we started the day again with an offshore Santa Ana wind. Uh, it's gotten a little higher humidity because of the Palm Ridge and a cool 68 degrees, but again, this is a really large area, and it's burning, and that's why all that smoke is moving out to the south. Great explanation, Anthony. That, that really does help. Now, if you've lost power during the recent power outages, you may have lost some money, too. From what? Spoiled food, hotel bills, say your family was desperate for air conditioning, you had to go someplace else. Unexpected costs many people simply cannot afford, especially during the pandemic. NBC Force consumer investigator Randy Mack joins us live right now. Randy, is there any hope for people who've lost money in situations like these? But Chuck, unfortunately, very little. I mean, the utility companies do handle some limited numbers of claims, but as they clearly state on their websites as it relates to power outages, there are some things that they simply won't cover because they consider the outage beyond their own control. Since late last week, whether it was the excessive heat or damaging winds that are helping fuel wildfires, the result has been power outages, some unavoidable, others strategic for safety. For hours without power could spoil what's in your fridge and freezer and ruin medicines that require refrigeration. On its website, lawp.com claims, you can check to see if your losses are covered. The utility does not strategically force public safety power outages known as rolling blackouts. Excessive heat or fires are considered acts of God and not reimbursable. 
LABWP may cover losses related to its own negligence for causing bodily injury and lost wages due to injury, or if the utility is responsible for business interruptions and revenue losses. Documentation for all claims is required. Coke Island has been told that time to now ban unforeseen public safety shutdowns of electricity. In an email to the ICD, the utility says, We are making every effort to reduce the number and length of any public safety power shutoffs. Use energy outages as required to reduce the risk of wildfires. On its website, Coke Island is an offshore bridge that's generally responsible for losses due to its own negligence. Coke Allison may honor some claims if it enforced rolling blackouts. It says, Circumstances beyond the utility's control, like the loss of power due to earthquakes and weather events, are not reimbursable. Any claims made must also be documented with receipts. So your best bet to actually get some money back for the food or maybe for systems that you've lost is to simply go ahead and actually tap into your renter's or homeowner's insurance policy. Make sure that you actually have these items covered within that policy. And if you do, also do the math. Make sure that your deductible isn't so high that it doesn't make sense to not file a claim. But make sure that you're checking all of that before you actually do it. Reporting live in Cedar Hills, I'm Randy Mack, CNBC 4 News. All right, Randy, thank you for that. New at 6 from social distancing to face coverings. How voting in person will look and feel a whole lot different this year. The I-team looks at the new rules and safety measures in place. And take a look at this. The El Dorado fire explodes to more than 11,000 acres, prompting new evacuations. We'll have it for you in just a moment. No words admitting he purposely downplayed the coronavirus threat with the new case also revealed. Also, the new alarm sounded about hypertension and why so many cases are going untreated to have a nightly news.
businesses meet the state requirements for in-store activities. But what about neighboring counties, Riverside and San Bernardino? NBC4's Tony Shen with some answers. Franco Duarte is getting ready for next week's grand opening. So we don't understand our best of his new restaurant in Murrieta called French Skillet Cafe. It is no restaurant. Franco admits he's nervous because he'll be opening his family-run business without indoor dining since Riverside County is still in the triple tier of the state's COVID-19 guidelines for businesses. If we don't get that 25% uh, seating in here, we're not paying back rent because we're in business. Here, after the county has state requirements for COVID-19 case and positivity rates, this allows many businesses to reopen indoor activities with limited capacity. Other businesses, Riverside County is also getting closer to the red tier. Health officials say that's because the county isn't testing enough people to meet the state requirements, and that's keeping the case rate from lowering to the red tier level, which is why more testing is vital.